Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. This is episode 102, and I was pumped today to have the CEO and co-founder of Z-Biotics, Zach Abbott. Um, this episode, folks, was fun. Um, Zach is building a company, a brand, in a space that is very much outside my expertise, but in today's COVID world, um, I think it's, it's going to be a brand that a lot of you start to hear about or hopefully try after this episode. Um, they are essentially genetically engineering. Uh, and again, I'm not, I'm trying not to butcher this cause, uh, Zach's the professional here and I am the finance guy. This is, they are genetically engineering, um, basically probiotics into tangible products that all of us can buy, uh, to help for certain, you know, different things in life. Their first product is a microbiome drink that essentially you can drink um, before drinking alcohol. And then it actually helps scientifically backed um, stop hangovers. And, you know, Zach gets, you know, really into the weeds in it in a good way. We dive into it. He, he can, he'll explain it really well in the episode and how it works. Um, but just wild to see someone who, you know, a PhD in immunology, microbiology, He's done tons of lab work um, and was working on some really high-end um, drug trial products. Um, then leave and start a company on his own in the world of CPG. Uh, I think it's really cool. And he goes into just like all the different avenues that they're going to be able to uh, grow future products into. So one of the cooler founders I've ever talked to, just doing something so outside of my norm. Uh, it was great to have Zach on the podcast. So thank you, Zach. For coming on and i think you guys are really going to love this episode um, and just as a quick reminder as always um you know if you want to check out zbiotics i'll have a link in the uh, show notes for that and then as always if it's you know you've jumped into 2021 uh you haven't started your investing journey yet or you want to make a switch check out Robinhood. Uh, it's the platform i use you'll get a free stock by signing up using the link in my show notes um, also as always the covid stock market rebound tracker a free resource for all of you, my listeners, um, to check out the stocks that I'm either looking into, invested in, or just keeping on my radar. But again, free resource. You guys are more than welcome to check it out. Uh, me and Zach hit on it really briefly, but um, the third link is a product called Whoop. It's um, not a sponsor of the podcast, but a health and fitness device that I've been using for over a year now that I love. Um, and I think you guys would really resonate with that. If you like this type of product that we talk about today with Zbiotics, Whoop is just a, another, you know, personal development, um, improving recovery type of device that I think all of you would love. So check it out. You'll get a free month and the strap for free by using the link in my show notes. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode. And Zach Abbott of Zbiotics will be up right after this. And actually, before we get started, if you guys are interested in trying Z-Biotics, there's a link in the show notes that can take you directly to the landing page to try their initial product. If you use code FINANCE10 at checkout, you can get 10% off your first purchase. All right, this time for real, Zach is up right after this. All right. Well, we're live with Zach Abbott of Zbiotics. Pumped to have you on the show today. Thanks for coming on, Zach. Oh, man. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to talk with you. 
Absolutely. Uh, you are the you're the first person to come on the podcast in 2021 too. So I'm pumped to have you. This is a good one. All right. Nice. Yeah. I know. Um, do you mind just giving everyone a quick rundown of just your background and, and the <clears throat> business you have started? Sure. Yeah. So uh, my background, I'm a PhD microbiologist. Um, originally from California, I did my PhD at Michigan um, and uh, studied bacterial regulation, uh, basically in my PhD. And then, uh, I really loved, uh, I, and continue to love science, but, uh, knew that I wanted to kind of apply my science, um, in a more direct way, kind of, I really, uh, to, to like kind of people's lives. Um, not to say that like academic research, um, doesn't, isn't applicable yeah. to people's lives, but like, like I said, I really wanted that kind of direct impact. And so I didn't really recognize that entrepreneurship was a way to do that initially, but I kind of, you know, through a meandering path on my way, to starting Zbiotics, um, I should say actually before I started Zbiotics, after my PhD, I uh, was working uh, for a contract research organization um, in Miami that designs clinical trials for drug companies. Oh, yeah. And uh, so got a lot of experience, kind of just seeing what was coming through the pipeline in terms of like the pharmaceutical industry and biotech um, as it relates to uh, FDA approvals and clinical trials. And so that was awesome because I really got to kind of see how that worked and and uh, and and get a lot of experience there. And then when I started Zbiotics, um, I knew that, uh, like I say, I wanted to use my science to kind of directly impact people's lives. And I also saw that like, while the drug industry is, you know, just huge amounts of benefits for people, obviously, um, and curing disease and all that, that um, it's a very long and arduous process. And right. a lot of times the people who create these things don't actually get to at the end of the day, see them over the finish line that kind of, they kind of hand them off um, to the big pharma who has the kind of resources to get there. And then, so they don't really get that direct impact. So, so all those things really influenced me um, when I started Zbiotics and kind of how I was going to focus. And so Zbiotics, um, as a brief background is, uh, we make genetically engineered probiotics. And so probiotics are live bacteria that you eat that can, you know, that, you know, possibly confer some sort of health benefit. And so, um, uh, the idea was that we could take these probiotics and then we could use like very standard genetic engineering practices that have been used in the lab for you know decades um, to provide that bacteria that you eat um, with uh, uh, some new biological function. Um, and so what's really cool is that through genetic engineering, we can basically take any biological function on the planet. It's like anything that some life does on this planet and and through genetic engineering, we can get the bacteria to do that function. And then wow. if you eat that bacteria, you can temporarily, while that bacteria is in your body, gain that function, right? And that's a much safer idea than engineering you, right? Like, you know, you don't want to necessarily change yeah. who you are or what you do, but like you could kind of have this like agent in there that does something for you. And so I thought that was just a really cool oh, idea. Wow. And depending on how you apply it, right? You could make drugs with that and people are, um, but I thought it would be a really fun and exciting and, you know, kind of in line with my values to make something that, to make things, I should say, that people can engage with in kind of their healthy, uh, kind of common everyday lives, as opposed to when they're in a disease state. And so that was really what, you know, why ZBiotics was started. And so then um, our first product, which is on the market now, um, we launched it last year. And when we did, actually, it was the first ever genetically engineered probiotic of any kind. Um, wow. And it's a probiotic that is engineered to break down one of the toxic byproducts of drinking alcohol that happens to make you feel not so great the day after drinking. Yeah, um, and so classic, uh, it was a right. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was a fun place to start. It was a great way for people to kind of really feel, uh, hopefully, right. Like feel the benefit 
of that engineering. Um, and again, in a way, in sort of like their kind of like normal healthy lives as opposed to like in a disease state. So I thought that was a really cool place to start, but obviously we want to build a lot more. Um, yeah. Our vision is, is, is much, much larger. So that is so cool. What a cool background story. And I, you know, I thought it was interesting as I was looking at your background on LinkedIn. Um, Cause I know you said, was it your undergrad and PhD was partially also in, and I always mess this word up, but immuno immunology immunology. Yeah. Immunology. Yeah. Yes. So is this, yeah, whole, yeah. So, I, I wanted to ask the beginning, has this whole COVID thing been kind of wild for you? Cause I think personally, someone like me, who's a finance guy um, and my sister's uh, she's actually in med school. So it's funny. I've been talking to her a lot about um, just it's, I can only imagine like that field is about to like blow up with the year we've had. Like I can only imagine so many people are like, Oh, this is so cool now. But for you, it's something you've been interested in for a long time. Yeah. Immunology is an interesting a uh, really fascinating, interesting field. And, uh, you know, I did, so I, my undergrad was in immunology. It was the focus, I, you know, the focus of my major was immunology. And then my PhD is technically, the department is called microbiology and immunology. Um, okay. And so I do have a fair bit of coursework under my belt in immunology. That being said, like my research and my science, you know, is really largely microbiology focused. That being said, they're very intimately related, which is why it's kind of a department. And, yeah. um, and so like, I would, you know, to paint in broad strokes, you know, microbiology is more about the sort of like the microbe or the agent uh, of disease in, in the case of COVID um, and, uh, you know, but not always uh, disease causing microbes, obviously mine or not sure, um, yeah. uh, versus immunology, which is really like more like the human or host response to the agent. Um, oh, and so okay. they're, you know, so it's sort of like, like human versus microbe is kind of the, the like I say, the broad buckets you put them in. And so I agree. I think that like, immunology is, uh, you know, it's, it's fascinating because you kind of have to convince, you know, take into consideration both sides of the coin, right. When you're right. developing therapies and things like these vaccines, you need to understand sort of like the human immunological response to the vaccine, but you also need to understand like how that microbe in this case, the virus is, is sort of like executing its, you know, pathogenic functions and stuff. So, yeah. so yeah, so I, I, I do think, uh, is very interesting. Although I, I would, I don't want to falsely claim like my expertise in immunology here. <laughs> no, that makes sense. I, I yeah. think it's so interesting because uh, I can't tell you how many people in my circles are more focused now on like probiotics and just like supplements and things to get, stay healthy than I've ever heard before. It just seems like this whole category that you're in has to just be exploding because people just after COVID care so much more about not just being healthy, but what they're putting in their body to help kind of like speed up their immune systems. Totally. I think that like, you know, the supplement industry was already really on the rise. And I think, you know, to speculate uh, yeah. based on my experience, uh, just that people want to be able to have more control over their life and their health. And so they're looking, you know, and, and supplements provide you the opportunity to experiment on yourself um, yeah. in, in some ways, right? That like, you know, unlike a drug where, a doctor prescribes it and then, you know, for a very specific purpose and, and, and that product, that drug is approved and like scientifically demonstrated to work for that purpose. Supplements are really just, you have to demonstrate that they're safe to consume, but that they have not been sort of proven to have any sort of efficacy. And so right. people kind of are now getting to kind of, you know, really work on their, on their own kind of well-being and, and their individual needs and sort of a personalization and, and in the, you know, kind of information era, you can go online and, and say like, you know, here are the things I'm feeling or here are the things I want to change. And then somebody says like, oh, well, you know, maybe try magnesium or, you know, and then so people right, get experiment yeah. and, you know, for Easier better or worse, 
for, yeah, yeah, right. You know, works, for better yeah. or worse, but right, 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 works. You know, right, like, but, well, yeah. Uh, sometimes it's hard to know like what something worked or whether you just feel good after type right. of thing. Exactly, and a lot of the supplement industry is like completely like that's the foundation is that like you know like you, you can't necessarily know if it's right, right. Or not, which is actually one of the reasons why while it might seem kind of like a frivolous beginning point for Zbiotics, that's why I started somewhere where there was sort of this like visceral readout, right? So that people would like, don't just take my word for it, like try it and like, yeah, you'll know the next day whether or not you, you think it, you know, works for you. So. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Cause you actually have, you can actually, you know, say you feel different than you normally would. Right. Exactly. Like, like, product. You're yeah, like I, okay. I shouldn't feel this way or, you know, whatever. Sure. So like, you, yeah, you, you kind of, you have that. So that's, that's got it. That was part of the, part of the motivation for starting there. Yeah. Um, obviously like I say there's other stuff we really want to do, but I thought that was a good place to start. Right. I don't know. I love that. I think it's, it's interesting too. I mean, so the, one of the first questions I had to ask you too is, and I, you even called out on the website, which I thought was really smart is um, I'm sure at first, when you guys came out with the product, you probably had a ton of people that I'm sure the first reaction was like, does this actually work? Because I, I feel yeah, like yeah, yeah. the perfect hangover cure is like everyone's, everyone's been trying to search for it. What is totally, I guess maybe for the listeners who don't know a ton about Zbiotics, I've done my research, obviously, but um, what do you tell people right away who come like learn about the product, see your brand for the first time? And, and that, that's their first thought. Yeah. I mean, it's, sh- in my opinion, it should be your first thought, right? It's like, yeah. does this actually work? Right. And like, um, and I think that, you know, there's sort of like a joke, like especially I worked at a CRO, uh, you know, designed those clinical trials. The joke was like, you know, what do you call like a supplement, you know, that's like proven to work. And like the answer is like a drug uh, because okay. like, you know, <laughs> once like it's demonstrated right clinically, like, you know, then like, obviously like, you know, it becomes prescribed as a drug. And oh, so, so when I've it's never like, heard that. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So like by definition, being in like sort of the supplementer, we're actually technically classified as a food, but like essentially, you know, for all intents and purposes, like it's kind of the same thing in this case um, is like, you know, there, you know, we don't like people often ask like, well, do you have like, you know, double blinded, placebo controls, human trials and, and all these things. And it's like, well, you know, no, we don't because like, we're not a drug. Um, and it, you know, there's a humongous barrier to entry there, which actually, you know, should exist and, and, uh, and all of those things, but like, you know, we started. And so when I, when people ask me like, well, does it work? It's like, like I say that kind of, the, you know, I have a lot, I used to answer that question very scientifically with like all the, you know, in vitro testing we did and like the amount of acetaldehyde that's like formed in your body when you drink and like the amount of acetaldehyde that our bacteria can break down and, and all these sorts of things yeah. that actually like walk you through the metabolism and, and, you know, and not to say that that's not convincing or that people don't enjoy hearing that. But at the end of the day, the true answer is like, look, like I can tell you all of this, these things and show you all this data, but like, you know, try the product for yourself. And if it doesn't work, then like we give you 100% money back guarantee. And so like, it, you know, it. that is, and I'll say this, like, you know, um, we last year and, you know, in 2020, we had, uh, nine people ask for a refund. So like, wow. it's not, it's not, not very common. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that those are, you know, those are impressive numbers and, and, and the proof is in the pudding and, you know, and what matters is that people, whether or not, you know, it's supposed to work on paper, it's a matter what matters really is if, if people really perceive that benefit for themselves. And so right. I think that's the true proof, but like I say, there's a lot of data about how the product is meant to work and why we you know, think it works. Um, yeah. And so you can read about all that on our website, but at the end yeah, of the your day, your like, website's awesome. I, I want to tell you that I, I was very impressed with just the way it flows, the way it works. There's so much information you can dive into. Um, I'll obviously add the the link in the show notes for people to check out. Um, but yeah, I was impressed. It, it like, it started, you guys like call out the questions I was thinking in my head. And then there's like data and information to back it up. I was like, Oh damn, this is, this is legit. This is really well thought awesome. out. 
Yeah. I really appreciate that. That's a great compliment. We worked hard on, <laughs> on that and like trying to be really transparent and like, but like anticipate kind of what people are, are, are wondering. Yeah, and stuff. So that's exactly. Really, that's I think great. most people will see yeah. that as they like go through the questions that you like immediately come up with you guys answer really quickly. So no, that's awesome. I, I just wanted to ask that at the beginning. Cause I, I assume that's probably what, you know, when people click yeah. on the episode, they're going to be like, Oh, interesting. Like, you know, yeah. just like, how does this work? But, um, Right. Is it for real? You know, yeah, like, right, right, so, right. It's yeah. the first thing my wife yeah. asked. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm about to talk to him. I'll find out. It looks, it looks very <laughs> legitimate to me. Um, yeah, yeah. No, it looks really cool. Um, it's a great, the, the product itself from my research looks awesome for people who are listening. Um, I kind of want to back up too. what was kind of the, you said at the very beginning, you really wanted to, you didn't know entrepreneurship might be your course, but you knew you wanted to do something that was a little more I guess for lack of better words, hands-on, something that could actually help somebody, a product you could give someone to help. Um, do you remember, how did you, because you were, I know you were working on, a, I saw online an HIV vaccine. You were like kind of in this re, this field of like kind of immuno, immunology and, and just in, in the betterment of, of people. How did you, it seems like quite a jump. And one of the things I love to ask founders yeah. on here is the zero to one and like how you decided right, to go right. from, you're working in your profession where you've been <clears> studying <throat> all these years to do, how did you then decide to make the jump to make your own product and kind of explain to people that thought process? Yeah, I, it's a great question. Um, I love it. Uh, yeah, you know, before starting my PhD, I was working in a lab doing, uh, you know, develop, uh, testing different therapies and, and trying to develop uh, vaccines for HIV. Um, and that was just an awesome experience. And it, and it was sort of like the first iteration of what would become, you know, my path. Um, and so, like I say, like I, I knew I liked science and I knew that I wanted to do something to impact people. And so the obvious first choice, right? Like, you know, when you're new is like, okay, what's like a really impactful disease and how can I cure it or, or right. prevent it or whatever. And so like, so I went and worked in that lab and I loved the experience, that experience. It was great. Um, but it also, it highlighted something that would like, there was just, a, there was an itch that wasn't getting scratched, which is like, it was so far removed from being realized. Um, and, and like that in no way is meant to be a criticism or denigration of the research is incredibly important. It just was like, I guess like I'm just impatient. And so I wanted something yeah. quicker, you know? Okay. And so I'm no, very glad it. that people are, are, are patient. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. And they want to get, and they want to do the biggest thing. Right. And, but I wanted it, I wanted it quicker. Um, and so, and, and even at that point, I still was not like necessarily like, oh, I'm going to start a company and I'm going to build a product. You know, it was more like, how do I apply my science? It, like, how do I apply science in a way that maybe has like a more immediate impact? And, and, you know, at that time I was still like, you know, what company could I go work for? Like what product project could I work on or whatever? Um, it was definitely not like start your own. And then, okay. but what I realized was that like being a scientist, like if I wanted to have an impact and control over that science, like I needed to have a, 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 a you know, a more advanced degree. And so that's what actually motivated me to go back to my PhD and go back to school and get my PhD. And then, oh, okay. um, and then, you know, how I kind of made the leap though, to like, really like, like transition, I think into starting my own company was that like, I had this idea, like for what basically the seed of what would become Zbiotics. And I looked around and I saw that like, there wasn't really anybody working on it, or at least not in the way that I, I envisioned it. And so then the more and more I just thought about it, I like, um, I just, I couldn't shake this idea and I couldn't figure out any other way to build it. And so then it started, it then kind of got implanted in my brain that like someday I was going to do Z-Bionics, but yeah. you know, that someday I always thought would be like later yeah. after I got more experience or something. And, um, we could dive into that like, kind of the story of like how, like I got sucked into starting it when I did. Sure. Um, yeah. yeah so, that'd be great. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's related to funding. I mean, like, so I was working at, um, uh, that, that CRO in Miami. Um, and I had a couple buddies there and we, you know, after work sometimes grab some beers and we're chatting and stuff. And I told them about the idea for Zbiotics, and, um, and they were like, Oh, that's really cool. You know, and, uh, whatever. And, um, and then like a few months later, they ended up, uh, getting into Y Combinator, you know, which is a oh, startup wow, accelerator. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, you know, Hey, remember that idea told us about, you should really apply to YC with that. And I was like, Oh, you know, it's just an idea. I don't think it's really ready for something like that. And they're like, you know, and they're like, okay. And then they just like, kind of, one of the guys just kept bugging me about it. And then finally he just like called me on the phone and he was like, the due date was yesterday, but they accept late applications, just put in an application. Like what's the worst that can happen. And I was like, all right, fine. And I thought like, you know, it'd be fun to just like, just think through Throw the idea a little bit more. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and like develop it. And I was like, I won't get in, but at least like, it'll be one step closer to like that 10 years on the road dream. Yeah, and then right. Uh, I'm sure you can guess I got, you know, I ended up getting in, um, which was so great. Cool. And, yeah. and to be clear, it was like, I got really lucky because um, it was like, they only did it for three batches, which was like a fellowship uh, program where it wasn't the full YC program. It was like um, for basically like zero to one companies. Um, and it was just, it was just $20,000. Um, and it was like a short remote program and it was just for like cool ideas. And so they don't even do it anymore. They kind of switched over to, I think more like startup school is kind of what gets at that now. And okay. so I was just oh, really yeah. lucky that like that existed because it, the, wow. it was definitely not well-formed enough for me if it got yeah. into the So you the basically had a business plan that you submitted late and then you actually got funding. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even call it a business plan to be honest with okay. you. Like it was, I had a, an idea, uh, yeah. and like, you know, and I, and I was like, here's my idea. And yeah. And I guess like sort of the rough outline of a business plan, you know, one of the cool things I think about YC's application process is that, um, it, it doesn't require you to kind of like, you know, have this like really detailed business plan because one of the philosophies of it is that like, you know, you've got to figure a lot of things out as you go. And so, sure. um, sure. in any event, so I got a, yeah, to the fellowship program, uh, for about 12 hours, I, you know, thought this was going to be a hard decision. And then, um, you know, called some, some of my friends and, and, and family and, and, you know, and my brother was like, what, why are you even asking me this question? Like, obviously <laughs> quit, quit your job and start this company. Like, so did so, you actually quit uh, your yeah. job when you got into YC? I did. Oh, yeah, wow. I did. I, I put in my two weeks notice, like two days later. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah. you just, I mean, you just jumped right in. You just were like, I'm yeah. doing this. And what, what is that process like? Like, I, I think a lot of people that listen to this have a lot of people that have reached out that have, you know, they have an idea or they've messed around with something on, on the side and they have a full-time job. Or did you feel like you were at a place early enough on in your career that you felt like it was a good time to jump? I mean, obviously getting into YC is just also a, a huge, just a springboard to, to, to run with. Um, but I'm sure there's things in the back of your head, like, I don't know, insurance and just what do I have enough money to make this work and all yeah. that kind of stuff yeah. like how did your what was your I mean it sounds like you went so fast did you think through a lot of those things or do you kind of just run with the the possibility no I definitely thought through those things like um I'd say that um you know first and foremost like it was going to be a risk in some ways right it was twenty thousand dollars it's not very yeah. much money you know in terms of like starting a company and like yeah, like no, no income and all this thing. So I had to, I really had to think through the logistics of it, but like, I knew that at the current job I was at, I really liked it, um, designing these clinical trials and stuff. But I also knew that this was not like my career path. It was like, this was like a tool, like developing a tool for the toolbox type of job. So okay. like in a worst case scenario, like I quit this job, 
which I knew I wasn't going to be at forever anyway. Um, and, and, you know, let's say three months down the line, I, you know, Zbotics just totally tanks and whatever. It's like, I can go out and get another job. I'm still a PhD scientist. And like, I still have like experience and, you know, and I can say, look, I took a flyer on the startup and didn't work out. And so, you know, it's, I, I didn't see like, and then, you know, in terms of, like you said, like I didn't have health insurance and I wasn't gonna have any income, but uh, the good news was that, um, you know, I, in that year working at CRO, I had been managed to, managed to save up enough money. And so I knew that in my personal finances, I had like six months of runway uh, okay. before right. I, you know, and so it was either in six months, I needed to either raise enough money to start paying myself or, you know, I need to find some other kind of income or whatever, but I had six months to like, at least be able to 100% dedicate to this. And that included paying for my own insurance and things like that. So got it. Okay. So okay. kind so of the, you know, was that was the thought. calculus. It's quick, but it was, right. you know, yeah, there was, there was, exactly. there was some thought there that we, okay, got it. Yeah. I think that, and I think it sounds like you kind of had a perfect storm of, of, you know, an opportunity with and yeah. getting the springboard of YC. That's kind of like a once in a lifetime <laughs> thing for most people. Totally. Even in this, even at that small scale, it was just the nudge I needed. And I say this like, sometimes like, uh, you know, to, you know, there's this common like mentality of like, you know, you hear all the time sort of the cliche, like just get started, you know, yeah. uh, just yeah. start your start. Like, how do I start? Well, just start. And it's like, I think that's very misleading. Um, because like I sort of amended that, uh, to say that like, you don't really start a startup. Um, you get like, you know, the idea gets so big that you can't help but be sucked in by the gravity of it. Like you can't like ah, not that. start this, you know, you can't like not start the startup. It's like almost, a, and that was really what it was for me. It was like, it was almost like, you know, it started with like, oh, that's a cool idea to like, to like, oh yeah, I really want to do that To It's not like an if, but when, and then, and then, so then, you know, I just like, I knew that I wasn't ever going to give up on this idea and I, I couldn't shake it. And then, you know, like a little bit of a nudge and, and that was, that was all I needed at that point to kind of get over the hump and get going. Yeah. Okay. And so that was, sorry, what year was that? Was that 2016? 16. Yeah. 16. Okay. And then you guys started selling your first product in 2020. 2019. August of 2019. Yeah. Got it. So it was like, it was like three and a half, a little under the three and a half years. Wow. uh, Okay. So that is, and that's, well, and I would think for a product like that, that's, that's pretty fast actually. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was one of the, like, right. If it had been a drug, I mean, oh, you know, yeah. been like 10, 15 years at least. Um, well, it depends of course, but like generally speaking, sure. um, and yeah, like that. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to start where I started, which was that I could move to market quickly. I mean, it's comical when I look at that initial, like, you know, pitch that I gave to like YC and then to like at the demo day afterwards, it was, yeah. it was definitely much shorter than three and a half years. <laughs> like I, I really thought it was going to be like, you know, like six months, a year or whatever. Like I was very naive about like all the things that go into making a physical product, you know, really starting a new category of genetically yeah. engineered probiotics and like the regulations that go into that and stuff. So there was a lot more that I didn't really take into consideration, but looking back, yeah, it was, I think it was very quick. Um, do you think, um, I always think this is a funny question. Do you, I, I think sometimes entrepreneurs that are successful Right. have the mindset that it'll take six months or a year right it takes yeah. like three and a half do you because like in, in hindsight do you think you would have jumped ship if you knew it was three and a half years till you actually start selling a product you it know what depends I mean? on it yeah i totally know it depends on when you told me that if you told me before okay. i started um i don't i don't know what I, if you told me like a month after i started i would have said i don't care i'll do it because i was like just loving it it was like the moment i got into it all of a sudden like everything clicked into place it was like I'm doing what I'm passionate about. I'm like, you know, every, like it was hard work, but every minute of it 
was for me, like for right. my vision and my goal and my like dreams. And so it didn't feel hard at all. And so I think at that point I was like, you know, you could have told me pretty much anything and I would, I would still keep doing it. But you know, if you told me that, if, if, if why, if I got the email from YC, it said like, you've got $20,000 in the, in the bank. Um, but it's going to take you three and a half years to launch this product. I'd be like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what I would have right. done. Then, it's tough, you know? right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I think yeah. sometimes that like that, uh, it's not, not being naive. It's just like a you kind of blind trust to jump into an idea sometimes right. I think is key. You know, if you knew how long it would take to generate revenue, it might be yeah. different. I think right. that the next question I have is like, you know, for you, okay, this is, you're, you're probably the, by far, most science-based, smartest guy I've had on here that's a founder. I mean, like, because you're doing something that's, like, revolutionary in my mind. Um, are you, when you started, like, how, it seems like you were going after a passion, something that you, like, you're extremely knowledgeable in. How much of your focus was, like, designing and building a product that's science-based versus like building a like profitable business was that like a hard thing was that because i know that's not really what your background like you don't really have right. a business background right so i was curious of that because most people i talk to have some sort of business piece too right. um just would love to hear your your just how you've learned and evolved over the last few years with that side of it totally i mean like i when i started the company i knew that that was going to be important and i knew that also that i was not equipped to like you know, I was not trained to tackle that. Um, and so I, when I started, I, uh, I think I had a few advantages. Like first and foremost, I was, I was able to technically build what I, what like the, the solution to the problem, like what okay. I, what I yeah. set out to do. Whereas like, I, I was surprised to learn that like a lot of people start startups and they say like, I'm going to hire somebody to build it. Like I have the idea or the vision. Um, and so I think that there's an advantage to knowing how to build what you want to build. Like, and because there's a lot of things that go into the business side of it that have to happen right when you start designing it. And, um, you know, like, because a lot of times you'll build something and then the business guy will come in and say like, oh, like, well, actually we need this to look different. And then you have to like, you know, undo a bunch of stuff and, and rebuild. Right. And so I think that there's an advantage to kind of having that, that final picture. And so when I started Zbiotics, I was very cognizant of what could be sold on the market and what we could say and like, you know, what the product had to do. And so it was initially designed from day one, like right on like, you know, the drawing board to be a commercializable product. And I think that that is something that is a, uh, like an Achilles heel of a lot of science that happens in academia, um, yeah. is that like, there's this, this concept that like cool science equals commercializable science. And when that's not always true, right. You build something really cool, but it's impractical from a commercial standpoint. And it's very hard for scientists to like get out of that mentality. And when I started Zbiotics, the whole point was to make something that customers could use. And so that really adjusted my thinking in terms of the initial design. Um, that being said, like once it came to like branding and, and, and all the, and marketing and all the other things, like I was very naive in that regard. I was like, look, if you make a product that works, it'll sell itself. Yeah. Which okay. I hate, I cringe to even say that I thought that, but I totally did. Like when I started, I was like, whatever, you know, it'll, yeah, it'll, yeah, it'll, right. you, know, you make it, it'll work. It's done. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, obviously like early kind of beta testing and talking to people and stuff like really disabusing me of that notion very quickly. Um, and so then it was a, it was a big uphill battle, but you know, the good news is I could start with the science and then I could bring on help. And so I brought on my co-founder um, who had, you know, a business background and, um, and he really helped me kind of flesh this out from a science project into a company and, and yeah. come up with other things. So 
Got it. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Totally. So for you then early on, I mean, obviously the, you know, kickstart, the launch pad of this was YC funding. How did you go through thinking over the first couple of years? Like I always like to ask the bootstrapping versus raising money. And you're definitely more on the side where I think it's much more natural to raise money, but how did you think through that? And and what was your kind of like course of action as you guys? Yeah. I mean, for us, it was like, it was, there was no question about it. There was no way to do it other than to raise money. Yeah. Um, there's just too many things that have to happen before you can sell something like legally, you know, like has yeah. to be manufactured in a food grade facility. We had to like develop a manufacturing process because it was the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. Like right. we had to develop a regulatory pathway. Like all these things are, it's not like, you know, a website or something where you, you can just like launch it and kind of get it as you go and whatever, like this really... Right you know, it's much more like hardware. Like it's really something that, you know, there's a lot, you know, a lot of money that has to go in up front. And so that was hard because, you know, we had to pitch, you know, to investors that like to invest in something that we knew was not going to go to market. You know, by this point, we knew it was not going to go to market for at least a year or two more. Yeah. Um, well, that's why I feel like it's so interesting because, you know, most people we've talked to on here, um, you know, you're selling a, a food, a drink, a beverage, something in that, CPG food drink space. Um, but a lot of people are able to de- design something in their kitchen, right? And it's something that's right, you know, right, right, right. RX bar, good example, right? It's like right. Peter and Jared made it in their in their parents' basement with a, a blender. Right, right. And you know what I mean? And like they sold it first, then figured out how to scale it. And it, you know, very different where you're like really bringing something that's, I mean, to your point, like you said, it's it's science backed, it's FDA approved. There's like so many other things that you guys are doing and then selling it as a product, which I think is really wild. Totally. Yeah. And no, no, first of all, uh, it's not FDA. FDA approval is for drugs. Um, so oh, it's very clear. I'm like, sorry. What, what yeah, did, no, it's don't a, you it's have a, some sort of approval that you guys went through? I'm yeah, sorry. So this is so outside have, my realm. So I'm learning from you. No, totally. Totally. <laughs> I just, you know, uh, yeah. always going to be very, yeah, it's, it's grass or generally recognized as safe, which is like a food designation. And truthfully, you know, that, that, that relates to like, you know, that it's, that's manufactured and it's been dim- uh, in a safe way and a food grade way. And then also that the, pro- like, if it's a new ingredient that's been demonstrated, you know, to be safe. Um, yeah. So, so that's really, you know, it's really a, you know, uh, whereas like, you know, FDA approved is regards to efficacy. And so ours is really around safety. Right. Um, okay. And yeah. so, yeah, but yeah, you're absolutely right that like, we couldn't just, we couldn't just make this like, you know, in our, you know, in our basement and start selling it. Yeah. Um, that being said, like we did do, we did, <laughs> like as weird as it sounds, we did make samples like in the lab um, and test them. Uh, but like, it did was- Did you guys you know, test them yourselves? Is that- Oh, a hundred percent. Like, uh, yeah, the first, like uh, the first, I I made the first, like the, the strain, the probiotic strain that ended up, that is now in our final product um, after about, it took me about almost exactly to the day, a year from when I started to like make that wow. strain. And then- Do you remember I, how many, do you know how many, like how many different- uh, Yeah. You know, so, mixtures it took yeah so the uh the strain is so the you know our our, our bacterial strain is called so the bacteria is called b subtilis it's a common uh bacteria that you likely already eat every day of your life and um and our strain is called b subtilis zb 183 and zb stands for z and 183 stands it's the 183rd strain that i made. oh wow um, holy cow so it's not that like I made 180 other 182 other strains that didn't work. It's that like, you know, it's a stair step process to like engineer like the different components and, and all this. And also there were a lot of things that didn't work to be clear. Yeah. Like it was both, yeah. but, uh, um, but yeah, so it, it took, um, it took a lot of iterating and developing. Um, but, 
yeah. So then, so I, it was about a year and then I made the, I made this, uh, you know, batch or whatever of the bacteria. And I was like in this little test tube and it was, it was like a couple of, it was like a week before my birthday that I finished. And so I was like, I'm going to take it the day before my birthday and I'm going to test it out. And, yeah. uh, and so then I was like, if I wake up on my birthday and I feel great, then that would be a really great birthday present, you know, a year of hard work justified. Yeah. And, uh, and so, uh, I didn't, I chose not to think about what if I woke up and I felt like, you know, I felt terrible. Sure. Um, and so, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it was great. I, I took the product and, um, and you know, I had a protocol written out for the number of drinks I was going to drink and how long I was get, you know, how long I was going to oh, drink. Oh, you really? Drink. Let's get this all planned I out. Wrote, yeah. I basically wrote out like a hangover protocol, essentially. Like, you know, okay. like here are the things like I, if I drink this much in this amount of time, I will definitely feel terrible the next day. And, uh, and I, I took the product and then I did my little protocol and then I woke up the next day and, uh, it was awesome. I felt good. And, and I like, I, you know, from a scientific perspective, it was, it, it performed exactly like I had hoped and expected. And so that was a great, obviously, you know, we expanded our scientific exploration beyond just that one in of one test sure. on, on a very biased. Seems subject, like a fun right? product to have to test. <laughs> it, you know, it was, uh, and then it wasn't like, yeah. it became such a drag to like, uh, like I gotta like go out and like, you know, drink whatever, you know, number of drinks or whatever, like, you know, and so it's then too after funny. While, yeah. It's funny. Like anything becomes work, you know, like sure. at the end of the day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As yeah. I say, it probably was easy to get people to sign up at first, maybe to help. And totally. Then it became a, maybe a little bit of a drag if it's something you have to do all the time. That's exactly. really cool. I mean, that's one question I'm sure people are going to have is, um, and you guys do a good job of saying, like explaining it on the, on your website, but like, what, can you give someone an example of like what your protocol is? Like, I'd be so curious to know, like, I'm sure it depends on a lot of things. Sleep. I know right. you guys say hydration, I'm right. sure your body weight and everything, but like, just a general person like you or me, like what's a night of drinking? What could it look, what, what does the protocol look like in taking Z-Biotics and usually feeling okay? Yeah. I mean, like I'd say that like, um, so to go into just like a little bit of science on, on sort of like love it drinking and kind of next day effects and all that. Like, um, when you drink alcohol, right? Like, uh, alcohol, creates intoxication and you know it's why many of us choose to consume it in the first place and um and so like that the molecule specific, the alcohol molecule specifically like ethanol um it has these effects on your body um and then uh it's broken down in the liver um by you know these enzymes and so one enzyme breaks down from ethanol into acetaldehyde and then a second enzyme breaks it from acetaldehyde into acetate and acetate is essentially vinegar. Uh, it's innocuous or possibly even beneficial, but that intermediate acetaldehyde is highly toxic. Um, and, and so it's sort of like, when you think about the next day effects of drinking, um, it's kind of the tale of two molecules, like ethanol has some effects and acetaldehyde has others. And, um, and our product is in, and so what happens actually is sort of give a little bit more context is that like a small amount of the alcohol you drink is actually processed directly in your gut before it's absorbed into the bloodstream and the liver has access to it. Oh, really? Um, and, but yeah. And so it's, it's not very much, um, but that actually ends up being very important from um, the perspective of kind of like the way you feel the next day, because even though it's a small amount, that alcohol is almost exclusively broken down into acetaldehyde, but not further into acetate. And so even though it's a small amount, the amount of acetaldehyde in your gut that's formed in your gut is much higher than the amount of acetaldehyde that forms in your liver. And so the oh. major source of acetaldehyde toxicity comes from the gut. And so we really were like, well, like, oh, if, so it's really I not just, your liver. I just, 
really like the, the right the, your gut's actually producing more of that component that makes you feel like shit the next day yeah and Whoa. like uh, you know and uh your liver is pretty good at dealing with with it it just has to has, have access to it and so what happens is that acetaldehyde just kind of like slowly leaks out of your gut throughout the night and then your liver will eventually process it but before your liver gets a chance to, it kind of like wreaks havoc on your body. And so the idea was that we could just complete the reaction that's already happening in your liver, but in the gut, kind of where the acetaldehyde is formed. Whoa. And so that means that we're helping with some of the things that maybe acetaldehyde, like uh, like some of the things that like you'll have to deal with if you're dealing with acetaldehyde, but like the alcohol itself, which our product has no effect on whatsoever. So first and foremost, you won't get any less drunk. And so all the like normal rules of responsible drinking and like knowing your limits apply, of course. Um, but then in addition, alcohol itself, that ethanol has all these effects on your brain beyond the intoxication. And, and one of those things is, sure. as you mentioned, is like it affects the quality of your sleep. Um, it also affects some of like some hormone balances, like your insulin and, and blood sugar and, and all these other really fascinating, interesting effects. And our product doesn't have any effect on those things. So, you know, our product is really meant to help your body deal with acetaldehyde. And then you have to kind of still stick to good drinking behaviors. Like you said, like you know, staying hydrated is, I, I want to clarify that a little bit, yeah. um, is that like, you know, there's this, there's this misconception that is perpetuated forever that, that, that a hangover is dehydration. Um, and people feel that way because they notice that, you know, you pee more when you drink and, you know, you feel terrible the next day. And like, you have this like headache and stuff. And, and sometimes like dehydration is associated with a headache, but the truth is that like, we actually know and have known scientifically there's a lot of data over and over again since the 1940s that demonstrates that there's actually no correlation between a hangover and dehydration, that they're not related. Really? Um, oh, I guess I've never seen yeah, that. Yeah. Well, one of the a most misconceptions. That's what I always thought. Huge misconception. And one of the most fascinating things about it is that like you actually don't even pee more, which is really interesting. You pee one time more than normal. And so the whole like break the seal kind of thing is like totally a misnomer. So they did studies where they, they really, they, if you were to drink alcohol or the same volume of another liquid, you have like when, right initially when your, when your uh, blood alcohol content first starts to rise, it does stimulate one extra like urination event. Yeah. Um, but then after that, you just are really the only, if you're, if you're peeing more, it's actually just due to the volume of liquid you're drinking. I guess that's um, funny. So, Cause if you think about like, if you just had a beer and then you had a cup of water and if you drank your cup of water as many cups and as fast as you're drinking your beers, that makes so much would, sense. You would pee, right? Like yeah. you, you have like three or four beers, right? And you don't like, and you're like, oh man, peeing all the time. It's like, if you had three or four pints of water, you probably peeing kind of a lot too. Like yeah. in addition to all the other water you're drinking throughout the day, like, right. you, you know, you'd be peeing more. So it's, it is interesting. Uh, so in any event, uh, but we do say that drinking water is good, but not because it rehydrates you because that's not really what you're dealing with. But what is happening is that your like liver and your kidneys are kind of like in overdrive dealing with this like toxins that are floating through your body, uh, toxins meaning ethanol and acetaldehyde. And so having greater blood volume, especially as like, you know, you're peeing, um, is better for those organs to kind of deal with those. So, so drinking a lot of water, it also helps you pace yourself and those sorts of things. So these are all good practice. So getting plenty of sleep, drinking plenty of water, not drinking on an empty stomach, which actually also helps your body kind of keep up because you absorb the alcohol slightly more slowly. Um, so all these things that's are, a true are, one though. Yes, that is yeah. true. Okay. Um, basically, I mean, literally the alcohol does not get absorbed as quickly into your bloodstream. So you're like, it's sort of like slow releasing the alcohol. It's like, you know, cause we know that like, for instance, if you were to drink four shots, like in immediate succession, your, your alcohol would spike way harder than if you were to drink like four beers over the course of several hours, right? Like, even right. though it's the same amount of alcohol. And so like food is another way of just sort of like slowing down that absorption as opposed to just pacing yourself with the actual amount of drinks. So 
So yeah, so there are all these like sort of like responsible drinking behaviors that still apply, but then like none of those things actually address your ability to take, to deal with the acetaldehyde. And so that's where like Z-Bias kind of comes in and fills that gap. Um, and so you put all those things together and, you know, then you'll feel better that after drinking and, and, you know, to your question about like, you know, what does a night look like? This is sort of a lame answer, but it's the truth. And this is something I learned through a lot of talking to people and, and, you know, handing out, we handed out literally 10,000 samples of the product and talked to people, um, before we launched and, um, everybody has a very different experience of a hangover or the next day effects of drinking. Um, and, and, and for some people that's two glasses of wine. And for some people that's like 12 shots of tequila and, you know, and like, and, and that's one of the interesting things that we learned. And, and there's actually a lot of data to back this up, that there are all kinds of factors that play, play into really the next day effects of drinking. And it is actually not very well understood by science. Like, uh, yeah, they, you know, there are, there's like genetic components and, and they're ever changing, right? Like, so genetic components don't change, but there is a genetic component to how severe of a hangover you might feel the next day. There's also like, you know, what you ate, how hydrated you were, like, meaning like, what's your blood volume. Um, and so if you're dehydrated, you have less blood volume, the alcohol is going to hit you harder. Um, and it, you know, uh, what your microbiome looks like, right? So like the community of microbes live in your gut, um, they are breaking down that alcohol and your gut into acetaldehyde. And so the, the proportions and, you know, the way that structure looks is always changing and it's affecting how you feel the next day, which is one of the explanations for why like two nights that maybe look identical for you. Like, you know, I went out last weekend and I had, you know, whatever, like three beers and, you know, and a glass of wine and I woke up the next day and felt fine. And then I went out this weekend and did the same thing. And I felt like crap the next day. And that's because like your body is not actually identical to what it was a week ago, even though we kind of think it is. And so all these things sort of play into it. And, and so it's very hard to say like, this is, this is what like, you know, what will cause a hangover. And this is what this will look like. Cause it's going to be different for everybody. And it's going to be different every time you drink to some extent, obviously there are limits above which like anybody probably would sure. pretty much, but yeah. Right. So it totally, it really just totally depends. And it's, yeah. And yeah. I know that's like a very unsatisfying answer, no, but yeah, I, you know, it, I kind of figured kind of it totally depends. Yeah. yeah. Right. So then for like, are there things, so I guess it sounds like, you know, making sure you're hydrated, making sure you're getting plenty of sleep after, is it after you drink? Is it also like preemptive leading up to a night of drinking? Uh, it's a good question. You know, uh, I would, um, yes. I mean, ultimately one of the major things you're dealing with the day after drinking is like poor sleep. Um, yeah. and so even if you are in bed for eight hours after you drink, um, if you've had a lot to drink, that's going to be really like poor quality sleep. So even though it's, it maybe is eight hours of sleep, it's really like equivalent to like maybe three or four hours of quality sleep. So right. you'll feel right. like you only slept a few hours. And so it is, we do know like completely independent of drinking that like, uh, several good nights of rest leading up to a restless night, you'll feel better than if you didn't get good sleep before. So actually, it's yeah. a good, it's not something that's on our website. It's a good yeah. idea. So like you rest go. up before. Uh, it's funny. I yeah. started wearing this thing called a whoop. I don't know if you ever heard of this before. Yeah. It, yeah, it, yeah. I, started, I wore it like a year ago and it's like totally changed the way I think about sleep. I used to be one of those people that was like, you know, up early no matter what and just uh-huh. like was more worried about what I got done. And it's funny because it does, it just starts to make you think it shows every day you have like a recovery score. So every day it's based on your previous day, like cardiovascular strain with your sleep quality to give you like a one to 100 score and like a hundred's the best one's the worst, but like, That's it's, fascinating. it's wild. Cause you answer questions every day. Yeah. So you can like, you know, you can type in like what you ate, what you drank, and you can start to keep track of like when recovery is really bad and what it's driving. It's cool. It's cool. But anyway, it made me think of that. Cause they always talk about like getting, you know, before your new year's Eve, trying to have like three or four good nights sleep in a row can really help kind of accelerate totally. that. Very cool. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's really cool. Um, I'm sure too, you, uh, you, as you mentioned at the beginning, um, this is like product number one. You don't have to share anything you don't want to share, but do you yeah, have yeah. any sneak peeks for any of the listeners on like what are other things you guys are kind of cooking up and thinking about doing? Totally. Well, I'm very glad you asked. It's like, you know, it's the most, in my opinion, the most interesting part of Zbiotics is like yeah. all the things that we can build and are building. And so, yeah, I mean, like, you know, without going into too many specifics or details because things are still in development. 100%. Um, we are like, you know, in the process of commercializing our second product, which is totally different than the first one. It has nothing to do with alcohol or drinking or, or anything like that. It um, is much more related to your microbiome and, and, uh, and, and, and sort of like gut health, um, much more in like kind of the realm of things I understand, you know, okay. um, yeah. or at least was, I should say more in the realm of actually I've, I feel like I knew well, whatever. Uh, I like probably know a lot about alcohol things. now. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Now I've, I've actually, you know, ended up. Like you in, sound very knowledgeable on the, on the topic now. More than I ever anticipated that I ever would bother <laughs> to do. But I, yeah, I have. Uh, but yeah, uh, what I was traditionally or like, you know, trained to know, which is like the microbiome. So we built a product for that. Um, we're in the process of kind of going through all the regulatory and manufacturing that we did with the first product. And so very excited about that one. Um, awesome. And we're also in the process of, of building um, products in a whole range of different areas. And so the, the ultimate vision for Zbiotics is really like creating this new category of genetically engineered uh, probiotics. And, and like the idea that we can build in like specific functions to these probiotics. So they have a specific benefit. And we think that's a really exciting idea. And you know, we launched the first and we know it won't be the last by us or others. And so part of it is really creating a category for, for everybody. Um, and so part of doing that is demonstrating the breadth of the possibilities of what you can yeah. dream and what you can imagine. So we're thinking about things related to kind of performance enhancement and recovery um, and, you know, uh, resistance to like, you know, disease and, and, uh, uh, nutrient, better nutrient acquisition, like all kinds of really exciting things. And I mean, and that's just things you can ingest, obviously, or I don't know if it's obvious, but you have, uh, you know, you have microbes that live on your skin as well. And, um, so there's all kinds of things that we could potentially target with like a skin-based microbe or oh, like, wow. you know, your shower and your kitchen and all these things have their own microbiomes. And, um, you know, there's all kinds of things we could potentially engineer to have benefits there as well. And so I think there's just this like huge and your pets is another really great example of, oh, yeah, of something sure. that you might want to have an impact on is like your pet's ability to absorb some nutrient or be protected from something. And uh, so there's just so many really cool opportunities within this space. Like when you can program any biological function on the planet into a bacteria like that, that really opens things up. And so I, mean, I just think it's so exciting to even hear you talk about it. Like it's so wild to think about engineering like biological products. I, I just, right. I've never, I, before I came across your brand, I had never known that something that was even fe like feasible, I guess at this time in our you know day and age. So I think it's, I, my brain goes to all kinds of things. Obviously you guys probably have a whole, you know, pipeline of ideas and things yeah. you guys want to do. It's so gotta be so exciting. Totally. We're like, I mean, it's the most fun part for yeah. sure. It's, it's what we're most thrilled about. And so, uh, you know, we are constantly kind of surveying the different things we can do. And it's amazing the stuff that starts falling out, you know, like when I first started, it was sort of like, you know, I just sort of brainstorm like crazy stuff. And then like, and now that we're like really getting into it and really seeing all these things that like are important to your health and nutrition and like these small, like as science expands, you know, and like we understand the importance of the microbiome and the community of microbes that live in your gut. We also understand the complexity and challenges around that. And one of the great things about Zbiotics is that like we can simplify, like we can say like, we just want you to do one thing. We don't want yeah. you to affect like the whole microbiome. That's very hard to do on a consistent basis and all these things. But like, we just want you to do one thing like that 
has a lot of power in and right. that simplicity has a lot of power. So, so we're really, really excited about that. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, where are you for people listening? I want to try it. Where, are you, where can you buy it? Obviously you guys have a website, which I'll share in the show notes. Are you guys anywhere else distribution wise yet? Right now we're almost exclusively selling directly uh, on our website. Um, okay. we, you know, uh, particularly cause of COVID, but generally speaking, sure. like, you know, haven't really done a lot of retail. Um, and so it's, it's mostly just the website. Okay. Yeah. And the website's awesome. Like I said, at the beginning, um, I'll, I'll add that to the show notes. Um, I want to be conscious of your time. So the last couple questions I had, Zach, were yeah. uh, ones I love to ask all founders on here. And I think you're going to have some really interesting, um, <laughs> at least I think, we'll see. I think, I think you got some yeah. cool, you have some cool concepts and ideas. So I'm interested to see. The first one is um, if you had to suggest, I always, I always say lead with book, but uh, if you have a podcast or source of knowledge that you share with friends, family, colleagues, um, what would you share with the audience today? Like a favorite book? like I said, podcast, anything of knowledge. Right. Right. Um, you know, uh, there are lots of these, uh, like I, I, one of this, there's a really cool book, um, which is a, a, I think it's called a brief history of nearly everything. Um, and it was just a cool kind of like survey of like science, um, oh, cool. and it's written for a lay audience. And I just really, I, I don't know. It was a really fun one. Um, and then I really loved, um, uh, sapiens. Uh, that was a really great, Book. I haven't read that uh, one either. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, man, Sapiens. And then I think there's at least one other one. Uh, I mean, Homo Deus is like the second book. And then I think he might've even written a third, um, but okay. yeah, really fascinating books about humans and genetics and, and just really, really cool. So some of those are just some of the books that come to mind right now that are really fun ways to kind of like expand the scientific brain a little Love bit. Love it. I was going to say sometimes like I know people that listen to this are similar to me in some regards. Some people are, uh, you know, I, I, I read so many like business books and more finance related. Right. So I was, I was hoping I was like, I'm sure Zach's going to have some, some cool like science-based books that I would never have stumbled upon. So that's awesome. Cool. I will add totally. those to the yeah, show yeah. notes too. That's sweet. Um, so obviously, and you're, you're a CEO, you're a founder of an awesome company. Um, lots of things moving in all different directions. So I love to ask, um, you know, what do you use to stay on task to like plan your goals, your daily task? Is it, you know, as simple as pen and paper? Do you have like apps you use? Um, just love to ask founders what they do to like organize their life. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of these, like, like, you know, uh, a lot of like, you know, uh, sticky notes with like to-do lists and things like that, which are like kind of like immediate, but, um, I use, uh, Asana as well as a really great, like to-do list and kind of organizer. Yeah. Um, and truthfully it is not efficient and I would not recommend it, but I definitely use like my inbox as oh, kind okay. of a to-do list as well. Yeah. Um, and I have like a system of like, sort of like categorizing things and like, as like to-dos and stuff, but Truthfully, this is an area that I need to work more on is, is being okay, a better yeah. organizer. Uh, Love it. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. No, it's yeah. funny. It's, you know, it's funny. It's some of the founders that I've had on here that I've resonated with the most that I feel like are doing some of the most interesting things don't have the most like pulled together organized list. They kind right. of just like to run and what sticks, sticks type of stuff. So you fit right in with those. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it works, it definitely it works, should probably man. be more proactive, uh, my life and less reactive, but, uh, for the time being, that's, those are the kind of things I do. No, love it. That's great. Um, and the last question, easy one, how do listeners get involved, um, with Zbiotics? How do they get a hold of you or follow along with what you're doing? If you want to share like any handles or anything, totally. I'm sure people are going to want to check this out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, website, as you said, uh, we try and, you know, we publish blog posts there and it's, we really try not to make that just like an advertisement section. We really try and put like cool information and we're almost never 
to even talking about our product on, on the blog. It's like cool science stuff and things like that. Okay. Um, but we don't, you know, not meant to be, it's meant for an everybody audience, not just yeah. like scientists. Um, and yeah, then, I read some of it. It is very like, I am a finance guy. Like I said, everyone knows that, um, you know, I, I could read, I was like, Oh, it's super interesting. Like I'm learning stuff from this. Yeah. Yeah. We like, I like doing that stuff. And then, um, uh, and then, you know, we're on, uh, Twitter and, uh, Instagram and, um, uh, and Facebook, of course. And so, you know, great place to find us and, you know, publish a lot of content there as well. And just like, we have a little fun facts on our Instagram and, um, we like to tweet like cool papers and things that come out. It's a little bit, our Twitter is a little bit more science focused and, uh, Instagram is a little bit more kind of of like, like lifestyle and, and yeah. there's a lot of little science facts and stuff, but, um, yeah, your Instagram is fun to follow. I like your Instagram. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. So that's, that's how you can, uh, kind of, you know, see the world through our lens. Awesome. Yeah. I love it, man. Um, Wanted to just thank you to end this. Uh, thanks for coming on. I think you guys are doing something really cool, very unique. I think it's it's wild, the stuff you guys are working on. So thanks for taking the time to come on the show today. I think everyone's going to love this. And uh, hopefully uh, you guys get some new fans, new followers of the product. So Yeah, totally. It, well, I can't thank you enough for uh, having me on the show. It was a really fun chat. And uh, yeah, just really excited to have the opportunity. Thanks, Absolutely. Man. And when you guys bring out the next one, we should do another one. We'll have to get you on and we can hype it up and talk about it. Totally. would love to. Very excited about that. Yeah, it's exciting. Very awesome. Cool, man. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on and I hope you have a great day. All right. Thanks a lot. Awesome. Thanks, Zach.